Matthew 25, if you've been coming for a little while, uh, you know we've been doing What's Next. That's kind of the name of the series, What's Next. Uh, and we've covered several different topics. We talked about the very next thing on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. Uh, I am so looking forward to the return of our Lord in the airs. Amen. He's going to take us home. Thank the Lord. Then we, we talked about the judgment seat of Christ. What happens right after the rapture uh, is that we are going to, Christians, now this is Christians, not the sinners, but the Christian is going to be judged for his works and the deeds that he's done for the Lord and rewarded accordingly. And we talked about the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's troubles, seven years upon this earth that's going to, God is going to unleash hell on this earth. The return of Christ, the physical bodily return to Christ. Now remember in the rapture, he comes in the air, but in the second coming, the return of Christ, he comes all the way to this earth and he rules and reigns. Amen. We talked about Armageddon, Armageddon, the battle, uh, the great battle, uh, of good and evil. And we win say amen. And we discussed all of those things. And if you hadn't been here for those, I'd encourage you to go back and, and catch up on them. You can go on our, our website and look in the archives and, 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 and check out what's going on there. Now, tonight, we're going we're gonna to kind of jump in the middle of two big events that's going to take place. Uh, one is Armageddon, which we've already discovered and we've already talked about and we've already studied. And the other is the millennial reign. The millennial reign, the thousand year reign of Christ, his physical reign on this earth. Uh, but what happens, <clears throat> excuse me, what happens right in the middle, right after Armageddon, right after the battle of good and evil, right after he destroys the Antichrist and the beast and the, and the false prophet, what happens right in between the battle of Armageddon and also uh, the millennial reign of Christ. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So if you're ready, say amen. amen. Now I'm, I'm looking from this way over this way and, and brother McKelvey, you got your section kind of full there. Amen. Uh, uh, Steve, you, you got some work to do, son. You got some work to do. Amen. I hope, I hope y'all look good out there. Fairview. Amen. It's, it's really good. I honestly, this is a great crowd for a burning up summer, uh, Wednesday night. Amen. And I am proud of you. Thank you for coming. Uh, I, I really, I, I, you know, I kind of understand. I kind of understand those old timey cooks now when they'd get mad at you if you didn't eat. Did anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, they just want to keep putting on your plate. No, and if you said you wasn't hungry, I mean, they'd get mad. Well, I know why now. They've been slaving in that kitchen and they, they expect you to eat. Well, when you've been digging in the word and you're slaving and putting this meal together, you want somebody to come and eat. Amen. And so I'm so glad that you're here. Well, let's do this. Let's, let's read in Matthew 25 and begin in verse 31. Just a few verses and then we'll pray. Okay. It says, and when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the what? The throne. Who sits on the throne? A king a king. All right. He'll sit on the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from the other as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set this, the, the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hunger and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when, when saw we thee sick or prison? And, and came unto thee and the king shall answer and say unto them, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, what ye have, you've done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, 
Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye uh, uh, clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous, the righteous into life, what? Eternal. Eternal. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for everything that you have done for us in our entire lifetime. Thank you for all the promises that you've given us for the future. Lord, it is so exciting. I I was sitting here looking at some of the things today that we're going to talk about, and I had goosebumps. Lord, I I am so excited about what's going to happen in the future. Uh, Lord, this world is rocking and reeling. Lord, it is in chaos. It is a mess. But Lord, everything's all right in the Father's house. You have got this whole thing planned out. You know exactly what's going to happen. And Lord, when you're through, it's going to be wonderful. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you and I give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. You deserve it all. But God, I ask you for your help tonight. Lord, I ask for your anointing. I ask for your strength. I ask for your wisdom. I ask for your words to flow through my mouth. I pray that you'll control everything I say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. Help us to learn tonight. Help us to grow tonight. And Lord, I thank you for all those that, Lord, they worked hard all day and they, 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 they sacrificed. They came, uh, probably wanted to stay home or was wore out, but they're here. And I pray that you'll give them a double portion of blessing tonight for their attendance and their faithfulness and their commitment to be in God's house when the doors are open. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to I take you through some of the verses in the introduction first before we jump into the two main points that we have. Uh, and, and just, just see that there is a setup. Okay. Uh, in the very beginning, in the very beginning of creation, God made everything and it was good. It was good. Everything was good. Everything he did was good. Everything he made was good. Everything he created was good. Uh, when he made man, he put him on this earth and he gave man what dominion. In other words, man would be the king. He would dominate this earth. He would uh, 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 to populate this earth, be fruitful and multiply. He had dominion. He this the earth was man's kingdom, and then man fell. Man disobeyed. Man lost dominion over this earth. Well, so many verses in the Bible teach us that that, that Satan took that role. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Satan is the God of this world. Are y'all with me? Now, do y'all remember, do y'all remember when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness? How many of y'all remember that when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness? Three times uh, Satan comes to him. One of those specific times he said, listen, I tell you what, let's make a deal. Let's make an agreement. If you will bow down and worship me, if you will bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. I've got the ability to do that. I've got the power to do that. I'll give it all to you. All you got to do is just bow down one time. Now, does anybody read anywhere in that chapter where Jesus said, no, did Jesus do that? Did Jesus argue with the fact that he was the God of this world or that he did have the ability to give kingdoms and power and Y'all with me? Because he did. And he does. And he's in charge down here. He is in control down here. Not that God cannot overrule at any time. Amen. He is the God of the universe. And Satan can only do what God allows. But the point I'm trying to make is right now, everything is being run by Satan. Everything. Everything. 
Hollywood is being run by Satan. The culture is being run by Satan. Politics, uh, listen, kings and presidents and premiers and prime ministers, they're all puppets of Satan. He's running the show. He's behind everything that you see. He's behind the corruption in the culture. He's, he's behind uh, what is happening in our country. Everything. And, 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 and I hate to break it to you. We're not going to change that. We're not going to change that. I don't care. I don't care what we do. We're not going to stop that. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. According to scripture. I mean, if, 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 if the Bible is true. If the Bible is true, it's going to get worse and worse and worse up until the point, up until the point, brother Mark, that Satan himself in person will be ruling on this planet, incarnated in the Antichrist himself. Are y'all with me? That's what he's wanted the whole time. That's what he's been after the whole time. He's wanted worship. He's wanted adoration. He's wanted power. He's wanted a throne and he'll finally have one for a very short period of time. And then Jesus comes. Jesus shows up. Battle of Armageddon. We're going to rehash all that. We'll never get done with what we got tonight. But does everybody see the build up to this? Jesus comes the first time and he comes in humility. Jesus comes the first time and he comes in grace. Jesus comes the first time and he comes in mercy. Jesus comes the first time with no reputation in the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He came and arrived as a helpless baby in a manger. But the next time he comes, he's going to come as a warrior king who will conquer. Somebody say amen. And so this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Look what it says. Look what it says. Genesis 49, 10, the scepter, a scepter was a, a staff that a king carried. How many of y'all have seen one then maybe in a movie or something, the king standing there with his staff. It, it, that was the banner of his authority. It says this, here's the, one of the first promises, Genesis 49, 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. Who is Jesus? The lion of the tribe of Judah, not a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come unto him shall the gathering of the people be. That is the promise of a king. There's going to come a king from the tribe of Judah. Psalm two, six yet have I, this is God talking yet. Have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion? That's right there in Jerusalem. Y'all I will declare the decree. The Lord has said thou art my who is his king? Jesus. It's the son. Are y'all with me? This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me. Ask of me. This is going to make sense. Watch this. Ask of me. God the father is speaking to God the son. And he says, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy. You know what I just said? That just said that everything the devil offered, his father's going to give him. But see, the temptation was this. I'm going to, I'm going to offer you what you're going to get anyway, but I'm going to offer you a shortcut. You see, he would not wear the crown till he carried the cross because that was God's plan. And Jesus said, Absolutely not. Because I, I don't know if he worded it just right this way, but I'm pretty sure he looked at them and said, I'm going to get all that anyway. Somebody say amen. Boy, I'm telling you, I got God bumps on my neck. Woo! God the Father done promised the Son, I'm going to give you a kingdom. Psalms 22, 27. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And how, what's that next word? All the kindreds of the shall worship before thee for the kingdom is the and he is the governor among the nations. Zechariah 14, nine, read it with me. And the Lord shall be, I need everybody. I really need everybody's help right here. Verse nine, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. 
In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. Read that first sentence again. And the Lord shall be king over all. How much of it? All of it. All of it. Luke 1 31. And behold, this is the angel speaking to Mary. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. And thou shalt, we're going fi- to figure out who this king is. And shall call his name he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his, there shall be no, are y'all following me? Revelation eleven fifteen. Revelation eleven fifteen, And the seventh angel sounded. And there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdom, read it with me. The kingdoms of this world. Okay, now, just stop. Who's in charge of the kingdom of this world right now? All right, it ain't Biden. It ain't Putin. Y'all with me? Ain't none of them. They're puppets. Satan's behind it. But they think they're in charge. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day. The kingdoms of this world, every one of them, are become the kingdoms of our and of his. And he shall reign for. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. So what does that tell us? After the battle of Armageddon, the king is going to get a kingdom. Come on. The king's going to get a kingdom. God has promised him this earth as his kingdom. His physical. Now, now there's people, there's people that try to spiritualize this and they, they, they don't believe in a literal kingdom on this earth and all that kind of stuff. That's because they don't believe the Bible. The Bible teaches plainly, clearly, without question, without a doubt, that there is not a spiritual kingdom. It is a physical, literal kingdom on this earth. And he is going to rule and reign. Now, there's something that's got to happen. Actually, a couple things has got to happen before that takes place. Okay, Jesus has come, right? We we know he's... he's, uh, He's presented himself to the Jewish people. He's come through uh, the valley of Jehoshaphat. He has conquered the nations of this world, killed them all. He's destroyed the Antichrist, got him off the scene. Now we have a world with no leader. Now we have a world that's really uh, at a point of chaos. Most of the population of the planet has been killed. All right. Only a third, only a third of the Jewish people, the Jewish nation has survived and are alive at this time. And so here we have, this is right after the battle, right after the war. What happens now? This is where we're at. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. The first thing I want you to write down, here's what we're going to see first. The people of this earth. Now, now, let's not get this confused. Let's not get this confused. Who is on the planet at the moment? Who is on the planet at the moment? At this very moment we're talking about right now. Everybody, hold on. Everybody that survived. Okay, say that. Jew and Gentile. Jew and Gentile. Then... All of the glorified saints that have come back with Christ. Are y'all with me? Now, the saints are glorified. We have our perfect bodies. We, the church, the saints that are glorified is the church that's been raptured out, right? We come back to rule with Christ here on this earth. We're going to rule somewhere on this planet according to your labor and your service to Christ after salvation. So if you don't want to be a janitor somewhere, you need to get busy. Not that a janitor is a bad thing. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about you're, you're going to be determined what you do, what you do for Christ. 
If you don't, if you don't do anything, you're not going to have anything. If you serve him and faithful, he that is faithful in the little will be faithful in the much and will be rewarded accordingly. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now, here's, here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. The people who have survived, the people who has survived have to be prepared to go in to the kingdom. And God is going to determine who gets to go and who don't. Are y'all with me? This is what's taking place. Two groups of people are going to be dealt with and prepared. Or if you want to use the word judge, you can use that word. But this is not, this is not, please listen to me real good. This is not the judgment seat of Christ where the church is being rewarded for their good deeds. This is not the great white throne judgment. We'll get to that later at the end of the, uh, at the end of the millennial reign when all of the lost unbelievers are judged and cast into the lake of fire. It's neither one of them. This is a time in a place where Jesus is going to judge the surviving human beings on this earth to get to see if they get to go into the kingdom. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right. It is they're They're alive. They're here on this earth. They made it through somehow miraculously made it through all of the judgments, made it through all of the, the, the plagues, made it through all of the earthquakes, made it through all of the horrific things that take place during that tribulation period. They've made it through. They've survived. Now Jesus is going to line them up and see if they get to go in or if they'll be destroyed. So if that makes sense, say amen. That's where we're at. Okay, so the first group of people that we're going to look at, number one, number one, I want you to see the preparation of the Jewish nation. This is a, this is a missing, I, I don't want to say a missing topic, but I, I don't think I've ever heard this priest or taught. But Jesus is going to deal with the Jews because some of them are not going to go in. For some reason, I don't know whether it's just because of maybe what I've told or I just assumed that when Jesus comes, all the Jews are going to believe him. But that's not so. And I'll show you. Ezekiel 20, verse 33. How many of y'all remember last week when we, we read the verse about him showing the wounds and saying he was wounded in the house of his friends? How many of y'all remember that? Okay. All right. Now watch this. This is where we're at. Ezekiel 20, verse 33 says this. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out, will I rule over you. I will bring you out from the people. Anytime you see people, that's usually Gentiles. That's usually Gentiles. When he's speaking to Jews and talking about bringing you out of people, he's usually talking about Gentile unbelieving nations. I will bring you out from the people. I will gather you out of the countries where you are scattered. With a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out. Where's he going to take them? I will bring you into the, everybody say it, into the wilderness of the people. And there will I plead with you face to face. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. I always wonder about it. What was he pleading with the fathers in the wilderness? He was pleading for them to believe him. All God wanted the people of Israel is to believe him. He fed them with manna. He fed them with water. He protected them. He didn't let the clothes rot off their back. Their clothes were just as new when they walked out of Egypt. And from the time that they got there, their shoes never wore out. God took incredible care of them. And all he wanted was for them to believe him. And they went to the promised land. And they turned back. Because of unbelief. And he's saying, I'm going to plead with you again. I'm going to plead with you again. All right, look here. I will cause you to pass under the rod. I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge you out from among you, the rebels. 
and them that transgress against me, I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn and they shall not enter into the land of Israel and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Let's write these four things down and then we're going to read Zechariah. You're going to, you're going to get so pumped up. This is this. I'm telling you, Zechariah 12, nine through 13, nine. Miss Cindy, put your seatbelt on because you're going to really like this. First of all, the place, write that down. The place. He said in verse number 35, I will bring you into the, the wilderness. Say it with me. I will bring you into the, now I don't have my map because I wouldn't have, it didn't matter if I had it anyway, because the screen ain't working. But, but, uh, do y'all remember when we pointed on the map at the bottom of the map was Edom and, 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 and Basra there that, that, the, 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 my mind just went totally blank. What's that rock city? Petra, Petra. That's the wilderness. That's where they're going to run and hide. That's where that remnant, you remember I said one third is all that's going to be left of the nation of Israel, but God's going to gather them down there. And when Jesus returns, he's going to come to them and present himself to them and plead with them. It's going to be, where's the place? Come on, everybody. Petra. It's or what's the Bible word? Verse 35. Wilderness. Everybody say that wilderness. So does everybody see that? Does everybody get that in your head where we're at now? All right. All right. Then be the pleading, the pleading. Verse 35 and 36. What's he going to do when he gets there? He's going to present himself to them. He's going to show them in their wounds. They're going to say, what in the world did that? Who made that? He said, this is where I was wounded in the house of my friends. He's going to reveal himself as Jesus, their Messiah. And he's going to plead with them. He's going to plead with them. What did he plead with the nation of Israel when they came out of Egypt? All he wanted them to do was what? Believe. In this moment, he's going to want them to believe in him as their Messiah. Now, I can't help but think, who wouldn't? How would you not at this moment? But apparently... Man's corruption is beyond what we can ever even imagine. Look what it says. We see the place, verse 35 and 36, he's going to plead with them. Will you accept me as your Messiah? Will you believe in me? Verse C, we see the passing, verse 37. Verse 37, and I will cause you to pass under the rod. I will cause you to pass under the rod. Now, I looked that up because I wasn't really familiar with that. But a shepherd would have a rod, a staff. He would use that staff to, to, to you know, ward off the enemy, ward off uh, animals, wolves, whatever. But that's not what he's talking about here. It, it makes it sound like that because it, we, we say he's here judging them and he's going to whoop them with the, with the, with the you know, they can pass under the rod. But that's not what he's talking about. Uh, uh, a rod was used as a shepherd when they would come in, he would make them sheep get in single file line. And as they'd come by, he would count them. He would count them with his rod and use that. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, they were to give a 10th to God and they would dip that rod in, in like a paint or a coloring and they would count to 10 and and dab the 10th one. That's the color. That's the one that goes to God. Count 10, the 10th one. That's the one that goes to God. And, and so it was used for counting. It was used for counting, but, but it was used for examination. They would, the sheep would pass under the rod. Well, he would move the rod on the back of the sheep to move the wool back and forth to examine his skin. It would also use it, use it to, they would have either bore, they would bore a hole through the ear or they would mark the ear for identification if it belonged to a certain shepherd. And so they would take that rod and as the sheep passed under it, they would take it and move the ear to identify the sheep. What is he doing? He's saying, I'm going to make all the Jews pass under the rod for counting identification. He is, he is examining them to see if they get to go in. Who are true believers now? And who are not? 
Who will accept me now? Who will believe me now? He's pleading with them. And then he says, I'm going to examine them. That's basically what he's saying. I'm going to examine who out of the Jewish remnant will believe. Then look at this. Look at the purging. Look at the purging. It says in verse 38. I will purge out from among you the rebels. See this? Even then. Even after God supernaturally fed them, protected them those three and a half years from the fury of the Antichrist, even after he comes and reveals himself and shows him the wounds of the, from the cross and the crucifixion and he pleads with them, there's still going to be somebody that rebels. Does anybody find that ironic? He said, I will purge out from among you the rebels. And them that transgress against me, some still refuse to believe. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I want you to turn with me to Zechariah chapter 12. Or if you don't want to, I'll turn and, and, and read it for you. But I'm going to read several verses. But here's what I want you to keep in mind. While I'm reading this, while I'm reading this, keep in mind the place, keep in mind the pleading, keep in mind the passing, the passing means they're passing under the rod. They're he's examining them. He is, he's, he's determining identity, whether they belong to him or not. Are y'all with me? And the purging, keep those things in mind as I'm reading this, because this is, this is a, a more detailed uh, a more detailed account of that very thing. Verse nine. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his own son and shall be in bitterness for him. And as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. In that day shall there be a great morning in Jerusalem as the morning of whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> had a drimum. Had a drimum? What would y'all say? Anybody want to guess that one? Had a drimum? O-H, the valley of H. In the valley of Megiddon. And the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart. The family of the house of Levi apart and their wives apart. The family of Shimei apart and their wives apart. All the families that remain. Say that with me. All the families that. Every family apart. Their wives apart. In other words, there's going to be some great mourning. When he's pleading with them. And he's he's revealing himself to them. And he's, listen, offering them. Now watch what happens. I, I was reading this and I went into chapter 13. Just kept on reading, son. I had goosebumps on my neck. In that day, when he reveals himself to them, in that day, in the wilderness, most likely Petra, in that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanliness. All those that fled out of Jerusalem and are, are there, he's offering them forgiveness again. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord of hosts said, I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land and they shall no more be remembered. Also, I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirits to pass out of the land. It shall come to pass that when any shall yet prophesy, then his father and his mother that begat him shall say unto him, thou shalt not live for thou speakest lies in the name of the Lord and his father and his mother that begat him shall thrust him through when he prophesied. In other words, all the people that acted wickedly, he's going, to do, he's going to get rid of. And it shall come to pass in that day that the prophets shall be ashamed, every one of his vision. When he hath prophesied, neither shall they wear a rough garment to deceive. No, he's going, he's going to deal with all the false prophets. And he shall say, I am no prophet. I am a husbandman for man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thy hands? 
Then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. That's talking about Calvary. If y'all remember that, Jesus quoted that later on in the gospels. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. Now he's, now he's talking about the, the Jews that will be killed in the tribulation period. But the third, but the third shall be left therein. Now watch what he's going to do. Watch what he's going to do. This is what we're talking about. This is, this is passing under the rod. I will bring the third part through the, I will refine them as silver is refined. I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say, yes, they will. They didn't the first time, but they will the second time. He's going to purify them. He's going to refine them. See, God has not abandoned his people. These people that teach this garbage about replacement theology. Replacement theology means that the church took the place of Israel. God is done with Israel. God's not done with Israel. God has got Israel in time out. That's what it says. Watch this now. Go back to your notes. Romans eleven twenty five. Paul wants to say something about it. Romans eleven twenty five. Are you there? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's talking about the tribulation period. And so all Israel shall be, as it is written, this shall come out of Zion, the deliverance shall turn away the ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. He's going to get rid of all the rebels. He's going to, he's going to plead with them. They're going to turn to him. He's going to open a fountain of forgiveness and deliverance for them. And they're going to accept him as their true Messiah. And everyone that accepts him as their true Messiah will be taken with him to the kingdom. To Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem will be the capital of the earth. The king of the earth will rule from his throne in Jerusalem. I have, what did he say? I have set my king on Mount Zion. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. So before the millennial reign can begin, after the, after the, the, the battle of Armageddon, after the battle of all battles, before the king begins to reign, he has got to get his subjects, the people he will be reigning ready for his kingdom. And the first group of people that he prepares and gets ready will be what nation? The nation of Israel. And that's what we see here in these verses. If this makes sense, say amen. amen. All right. Now we've got to deal with the rest of the population of the earth. He's come and he's prepared his people. He's come and he's, he's restored Israel. He's forgiven Israel. He's pleaded with them. He revealed himself to them, showed the scars in his hands, the wounds in his hands. And some believe, most of them believe, but there are some rebels. According to the scripture, there are some rebels. He deals with them. He removes the rebels. So that all, all of Israel in that moment are saved. Are saved. Does this make sense? They're all saved. God's dealt with all the, uh, according to Paul, God's dealt with all the rebels. They have accepted him now and, and they are following him. He has forgiven them. He's opened up the house uh, in the house of David, a fountain for forgiveness and sin. Say amen. amen. Now 
We move to Jerusalem. We move to Jerusalem. This is where we're at in Matthew 25. So let's go back to Matthew 25 in your Bible. The Jews are following their Messiah now. They're believing in their their Messiah, their Savior. He's pleaded with them. They believed in him. He's, he's, he's done away with the rebels. So now all, all, of, all of the Israelites that will be on this planet will be saved in that moment. Okay, now let's go back to verse 31. When you get there, say amen. amen. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him. Then shall he, what? He shall sit upon the throne of his glory. Now where is this throne going to be? Jerusalem. Mount Moriah, Mount Zion right there. All right. Now keep in mind, the the mountains split. We talked about this last week. Does everybody remember that? There was a great earthquake. When his feet landed on the Mount of Olives, there was a great earthquake. The mountains split. Uh, there There is living water flowing out of uh, Mount Zion now and, and out of uh, Mount Moriah where the Temple Mount is. One, one going to the Mediterranean Sea, the other going to the Sea of Galilee, or excuse me, the, the Jordan River and the Dead Sea, turning the Dead Sea into a fisherman's paradise. Say amen. amen. Got some cool fruit trees growing uh, where, where that has healing in the leaves of these trees. Man, what a cool deal. Well, the king has assumed his throne. But in order for the rain to begin, he's got to prepare the rest of the survivors who made it through the tribulation. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. He's already dealt with the surviving Jews who made it through. He's dealt with them. There he is. They've repented. They've been forgiven. They've been restored. Now watch. First of all, once you see the designation, write that word down. Verse 32. Who are these people? It says, when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him, before him shall be gathered all nations, all nations. Now the word nations here, the word nations here is used again in your King James Bible. It's translated Gentiles in Matthew chapter number four, verse 15. It says the land of Zebulun, the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. It's the word ethnos, which is the same Greek word used for nation. So you could, I I truly believe what he is saying here, just simply because of the context. We already know he's dealt with the Gentiles, or excuse me, the Jews, and now he's coming to deal with the Gentiles. So I believe that, that this, everybody that we're addressing right now and talking to right now, the sheep and the goats, the sheep and the goats, all of them are Gentiles. All of them are Gentiles. Okay. So there is Gentile goats and Gentile sheep. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Okay. Now, so we see the designation. We know who they are. He brings all nations, all the survivors who've made it through the tribulation period have to come and appear before the king. Now, keep in mind, let me remind you again, so nobody gets confused about this. This is not the judgment seat of Christ where the church stands before the, all the, all the members of the church, all the body of Christ, all the, the, the ones who have gone in the rapture are being rewarded. It's not that. It's not the the great white throne judgment where all the lost are being judged and then will be cast into the lake of fire. This is where the king is determining who he's going to let to live in his kingdom. This is what's being determined. Amen. Okay. All right. Good, good. I know I'm being real repetitious, but this, there are so many people that's confused about this that it is, it's terrible. And they will try to take these verses and they'll try to use these verses to promote and teach works salvation. All right. And so, and that's just not the case. And we'll, and I'll explain that some more. Okay. First of all, we got the designation. We believe they're, they're now he's dealing with the Gentile people. 
He's dealt with the Jewish people. Now he's going to deal with the Gentile people. Who gets to come in now? All right. Then I want you to see the division. The division. 32. Verse 32. When all these people, all these, these, these ethnos, all these nations come to him. And that's another thing too. When you see nations, plural, it's almost always without exception, Gentiles. You'll see the word nation for Israel, but whenever you see plural, it's almost always, if not always Gentiles. Okay. Before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall, everybody say it. He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now watch this. Watch this. I love this. I love this. Okay. Watch the wording. Watch the wording. All right. If you, if you want to, I, I don't know. Did I, did I, uh, put any blanks right there? One and two. All right. The sheep. The sheep equals saved. Write the word saved. The sheep are to save folks. I know that wasn't hard to imagine, but I'll explain why. And the goats are the lost. God uses this illustration because sheep are pretty much calm and docile and goats are ornery and mean. I mean, most commentators and most, most Bible scholars, that's, the, that's why he, he said they're really, you know, always controversial, always trying to get into mischief anyway. But we know that Jesus used sheep all the time referring to his children, right? Watch this. Watch how he words it though. Watch how he words it. And, and, and don't think it ain't important, the wording in the Bible. There's no, there's no accident in the Bible. God words it what the way he wants to word it. Watch how it's worded. And before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them. Who is the he? It's Jesus, but, but God, the Lord, right? He shall separate them one from the other as a, watch this, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from Say it slow. You have his sheep from the. It don't say his goats. His represents ownership. They belong to him. Them just goats. Y'all seeing this? Don't overlook that. That's important. They're his, they're his sheep. They're his sheep. A shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand. The right hand is the place of honor. The right hand is the place of authority and favor, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was strange and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous, then shall the what? What did he call them sheep? Righteous. Righteous. You don't call unbelievers righteous. Because anybody that's righteous the only way they're righteous is the righteousness of God and the righteousness of Christ. We don't have our own right. Whoa, that scared me a little bit there. Amen. We don't have our own righteousness. If we have any righteousness at all, it's the righteousness of Christ that God has given us. Amen. Yeah. They said, when did we see thee a stranger and took thee in naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sicker in prison and came unto thee? And the king answered, or the king shall answer and say unto them, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Now, let me, let me, let me say something right here. I, uh, most of the common commentaries that I've read and, and most of the preaching that I've heard and teaching I've heard growing up, uh, was saying, okay, since he said my brethren, he's talking about the Jews. Okay, he's talking about the Jewish people. 
In other words, he's looking at the Gentiles and saying, because of how you treated my people, the Jews, I'm going to bless you for that. And, and they will go back to, uh, they will go back to uh, Abraham. I, I will curse them that curse you. I will bless them that bless you. There is a, I'm not going to deny the fact that there is a direct correlation with how you treat God's people and how God will treat you. You better keep your hands off God's people. But I, for some reason, I kept reading this and reading this today and, and the Lord put a verse on my, on my heart. I really believe it was the Lord put a verse on my heart. Uh, and I meant to copy it and put it here. One of y'all can look it up later. Willie, you can look it up when I quote it. Uh, uh, do you remember when some of the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, your mama and your brothers are out here and they want to see you. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Do you remember? He, he said, he said, I tell you what, behold, my, my brethren, behold, my family, my mom and my brother. He said, those who do the father's will are my brethren. And I don't know if the Lord's just, I, I, I truly believe that this is, this is basically in reverencing. It's not just the way the Gentiles treated the Jews it's the way the Gentiles treated everybody. Everybody that was brethren, saved, people that did the Lord's will during the tribulation period. Because you got to keep in mind, this is, he's talking about during the tribulation period when all of this took place. Because there's going to be a lot of people suffering. There's going to be a lot of people arrested. There's going to be a lot of people abused. And he's saying, and I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just want, I, I believe personally, he's not just talking about Jewish people. And I also I read a Bible expert that said it's how the, the Gentiles treated the 144,000 evangelists that were going all over the world preaching. But I, I just believe, I just believe that Jesus is saying, because I, I believe that he is given evidence of salvation. And so what we'll see is you need to treat everybody right, no matter who they are, Right. You know, even Jesus said he wants you to pray for your enemies, those that despitefully use you, you know. So so let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. First of all, write this down. Where are we at, by the way? Division. We're on division. Did I give you that word yet? OK, uh, we see the designation. We see the division. The sheep are the saved. When I, why, why do we say that? Why do we say that? John 10, John 10, verse 14. I am the good shepherd and know, what's that next word? My, my there's that word again. Yeah. My sheep, ownership. I know my sheep and I'm known of mine. Now watch what he says about people that, that ain't sheep. Oh, excuse me, that are not sheep. <laughs> but ye, but ye, what? Believe not. believe not. You know why they believe not? Because ye are. So a sheep does what? Believe. What does a goat do? They don't believe. If you are a sheep, you're a believer. And you belong to it. If you're not a sheep, you're an unbeliever. Right? Now watch. Because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you, verse 27, read it with me. Whose sheep? My sheep. My sheep. Hear my voice and, and they follow me. You say, how is he going to separate them? Because he knows his sheep. Oh. <sighs> Okay, let's talk about the goats. Look at these verses. We're going to apply this and tie these together, okay? We got Matthew 25, seeing goats and sheep. He's using the, the illustration of goats and sheep separating them. Look, watch, watch Matthew 13. And who's going to help him? Who's going to help? Let, me, let me back up. Verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the... Angels. What kind of angels? Holy. Holy angels. Don't leave that out. All right. 
The son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne. He's going to be sitting. The angels are going to be separating. Y'all see that? The angels are going to be separating. He's sitting while the angels are separating sheep over here and goats over here. Now watch this. Watch this. Matthew 13. Another parable put he forth unto them saying the kingdom of heaven. Now keep in mind. When you hear the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, that's talking about the spiritual. That's the spiritual rule of God in you, right? When you hear the kingdom of heaven, it's always referring to the physical, literal kingdom that he's going to rule on this earth those thousand years. So if everybody's on the same page, say amen. Amen. And so this is what Jesus is saying. This is what it's going to be like. This is what it's going to be like in that day. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up brought and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence hath it tares? He saith unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? He's nay, lest while ye gather up the, ye also root up the, so what would sheep be? Wheat. What would goats be? Tares. Okay. Y'all getting it. All right. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, that's them angels. Gather ye together first the, and bind them in bundles too, but gather the wheat into my barn. All right. Now watch as Jesus explains it. Cause later on they say, what in the world did that mean? Matthew 13, 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying, declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the, that's right. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The children of the who? Y'all picking it up? Okay. But the tares are the children of the... Them them goats. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the... As therefore the tares are gathered and burned into the fire. Let me read the last verse. Let me read the last verse. Of 46 of chapter 25 of the sheep and the goats. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. What happens to the, what happens to the, the tares? They're burned in the fire. So shall it be in the end of this. Watch this now. Watch this. Don't miss this. The son of man shall send forth his. And they shall gather out of his. All things that offend and them which do iniquity. They shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as a son in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. So everybody that's left on the planet is either a goat or a sheep. Everybody that's left on the planet is either a wheat or a tear. But the shepherd knows who's his. And in this time, after he's dealt with his own people, got them where they need to be, he's dealing with all the rest of the living on this planet. All those that are survived, and he's going to determine who's goats and who's sheep. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Then see, write this down. We see the declaration. The declaration. There's a designation. This is Gentile people. There's a division, sheep and goats. He's dividing them. Actually, the angels are dividing them. What was that chapter? 50? All right, Matthew 12, verse 50 was, the, was the, what I quoted a while ago. Matthew 12, verse 50. Okay. My brother and sister. Okay. All right. That's the, the reference of who, who Christ's brethren was. That would, be a, that would be a connection where you could use the Bible to interpret the Bible. Okay. 
This, this in, in, in chapter 25, Jesus said, my brethren. Well, in Matthew 12, 50, we'll define who the brethren are. Those that do the will of my, my father. Does that make sense? Always remember, the best way to study the Bible is with the Bible. All right, the best commentary, commentary for the Bible is the Bible. Compare the Bible with the Bible. Say amen. amen. Now watch. Here's the declaration. Oh goodness, we're in the red. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Two things are determined here. First, we see the entrance determined. The entrance to the kingdom. Who gets to get in the kingdom? Who gets to go into the kingdom? All right, so that's number one. That's what's declared, the entrance determined. And then number two, the evidence declared. The evidence. All right. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me because I got to hurry because I'm over time. You got to get this. He is saying he's dividing them up. Sheep over here, goats over here. All right. Now, some of them goats, I wonder why they goat. Even some of the sheep, even some of the sheep, you know, they're, they're surprised that God is so good to them. And if you're truly saved, you're surprised God's good to you too. But watch this. God ain't going to leave them hanging. He's not going to say you're a goat because I say you're a goat or you're a sheep because I say you're a sheep and you're a goat because I say you're a goat. He's going to say, let me show you the evidence. Now, everybody look at me real good right here. Everybody look at me real good and breathe, breathe, take a good deep breath. He is not, say that with me. He is not, not saying you became a goat by giving water to the thirsty, by feeding the hungry, by going visiting the sick and going to the people in the prison. Y'all understand that? He is saying because you were a sheep, there was evidence in your life and this is it. And he is saying over here, you're a goat and there is proof that you're a goat is because there is no evidence in your life that you was ever a sheep. Because my sheep know my voice and I know them. Watch this now. And they follow me. Now watch this. You know what Jesus would do? Jesus would visit the people in the prison. Jesus would give the water to the thirsty. Jesus would give the hunger, the hungry something to eat. Jesus would minister and bless. And it would be evident. And what he is saying, the sheep have evidence of following me. The goats have no evidence. That's why it's so important to examine your life. If you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to be a Christ follower, but there is no evidence, there's no fruit. Now, let me prove it. Let me prove what I'm saying. And see, see, people are saying, see, this right here proves that you have to do these things to earn salvation. That is, it has nothing to do with salvation. It has what to do with getting in the kingdom. Are y'all with me? This is, he's just revealing evidence that's there. All right. If you're going to, if you're going to, in a, in a, in a place of judgment, you're going to proclaim that somebody is something. What do you got to have? Proof. Proof. Evidence. Okay. He is saying to the sheep, this is the evidence. This is what you did. And when you did it, you did it to me. You ministered to me. You served me. Well, when do we do that? I don't remember seeing you, Jesus. He said, well, when you did it to the sick and you did it to the least. So what does that mean, preacher? When you see somebody that's hungry and you go help them, give them something to eat, you're serving Jesus. That's what it means. But watch this now. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse to support what I'm trying to tell you. 
You do not earn salvation by works. It's impossible. But if you are saved, there will be works. This is what James is trying to say in James chapter two. What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? What do you mean by can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? In other words, if I see somebody hungry, is me believing in Jesus going to give, going to fill his belly? No, that's not going to help him. It's not talking about can faith save him as far as can my faith save me, give me salvation. Is, is my faith going to help this man get something to eat? Y'all with me? Believing in Christ does not feed his belly. But when I act on my belief, y'all with me? Even so faith, if it hath not works, in other words, if there is no evidence, come on, if there's no, it is dead. Preacher, what does that mean? I wouldn't want that kind. I wouldn't trust my eternal destiny on that kind. It's dead being alone. Matter of fact, that's what that word yay is. That's Alabama translation. As a matter of fact, he says, a man may say thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. Watch this now. Everybody read it. And I will. If you have true, genuine faith, there's going to be some evidence. evidence. First John three sixteen. First John three sixteen. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God? How can you say you're saved? How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in truth. Say it again. You know what he said to them sheep? You did it in deed and in truth. You have evidence. And because of that. Come on in the kingdom. Come on in the kingdom. 